You're listening to the Co-op Book Podcast. I'd like to welcome Emily McGuire to the Co-op Chat. Hello, Emily. Hi, Rob. Now, Emily, we're here to talk about your latest book, An Isolated Incident. Uh, tell me a bit about it. Okay, well, An Isolated Incident is about the aftermath of a brutal murder of a young woman in a small New South Wales town. Um, but it's told not from the perspective of those trying to solve the case or the investigators, but, but through the eyes of the victim's sister, um, a woman called Chris Rogers, who's someone who's lived happily and anonymously in this same small town her whole life, and she's suddenly thrust into this media spotlight um, that that is um, that occurs around her sister's death, and that's happening while she's also experiencing, of course, intense shock and grief at her sister's death, and at the same time is realising since this murder is unsolved that many of those she would normally turn to for comfort are actually now suspects in the killing, so she's very alone in that. And, and tell me, what what prompted you to write about this subject matter? Um, well, I've always really loved reading crime fiction, and I also got really into a few years ago a lot of the um, kind of prestige TV crime series um, that were going on, like, you know, True Detective and The Fall and things like that. Um, but I started to be really bothered by how many of those stories use the death of a usually beautiful young woman as a jumping off point to tell the story. Um, but the story itself is actually about either the professionals who are tasked with solving that murder or sometimes it, it's about the murderer himself. Um, and, you know, those are perfectly legitimate stories to tell. And like I've said, I've enjoyed them a lot myself. But I kept wanting to go back to that young woman who's usually kind of presented to us artfully um, right at the beginning and know about her life and who she was and, and the hole that she has left in the world. I kept wanting that story um, to the point where I started writing it myself and just trying to think of it less as a, as a story that's really going to be a puzzle to solve about how she came to be dead and more about the hole that her death has left in the world for those who loved her. Um, so from that, this, this novel started, uh, this is my fifth novel. It's the first time that the first sentence I've written has remained the first sentence of the book. Um, but it started that strongly with the character of Chris, the sister discovering, um, that, that her sister Bella is dead. And, and it really came quite easily from there, from this character and her kind of grief and rage and love, you know, driving that story through. It's quite, uh, you know, critical of the media's obsession with pretty dead girls. Why, mm. why do you think that exists? Yeah, well, that was something that, that I started thinking about kind of halfway through the first draft. I mean, originally I was really interested in, like I've said, the, the effect on someone close to the victim in a case like that and and having to deal with that media and suddenly be a spokesperson. Um, but then one night while I was working on the first draft, I was watching the late night news and I noticed that there were um, four stories in a row that were about either brutal assaults or murders of women and I kind of was suddenly shocked and I thought, well, I know this, like I know the statistics in Australia that, you know, more than one woman a week is actually murdered in this country and it's usually by um, someone she knows. And yet the cases that we mostly hear about do tend to be 
um, these kind of beautiful, usually young women. And, and I felt like I really wanted to explore that deeply. And, and I, I didn't come up with any answers. I mean, I think in fiction, that's not what I'm trying to do or what I'm looking for either as a reader or a writer is to find easy answers, but to kind of explode the question out some more and, and really dig into it deeply. Um, and I think it is a really important question to think about why the vast majority of acts of violence against women go unreported and unnoticed except by the people involved and then every now and then one particular case breaks through and and we as a society all kind of um, converge on that one case and I don't know I think maybe we as a society again get some kind of catharsis from it you know we get to go through the pain and the grief and and that's genuine I'm not suggesting um, it's not but it seems to be kind of displaced and then someone's caught and they're put away and everyone can move on with their lives. Um, and yet this existing problem of more than one woman a week being killed in this country, that that's, keeps happening. Like, it's not, it's never solved. No. Um, I, I think uh, I think you've really touched on some important points there. And I, I, I think some other things that come up through the book is the concept of people processing trauma, getting on with life, and the difference between truth and memory and a bit of myth in there. How, how, how can you sort of explain how that comes out through the book? Yeah, um, so there's kind of an element I, I think you're referring to that there's this character of Chris at one point she starts um, to believe that she's being haunted by Bella. Um, and I tried to, to write that and leave that as a fairly open question in terms of whether that's real or not. I mean, Chris is a Chris is a character I just loved and just enjoyed spending time with even in her darkest moments because I just found her so funny and fun and direct but um she's also a drunk and she spends a lot of time drinking heavily so so there's an element in which we can't quite trust her interpretation of events but there's also if you talk to anyone who has ever suffered this kind of um profound grief someone really close to them it is quite common for them to feel that that person is still there with them and to have glimpses with them and and whether you believe that that's an an actual manifestation or if it is some kind of psychological coping mechanism of feeling that person's still there until you're able to let go um that's the kind of experience that that chris is having um the other element of it though is is as i mentioned she begins to feel really unsafe in this town where she's lived her whole life she's someone you know she works in the pub there she's spent a whole life kind of alone with with all the men of the of the town without ever worrying about it and then suddenly she's looking around and seeing potentially the people who've done this to her sister and and that of course um changes how she's going to behave and she becomes kind of a shut-in because of this and so her her feeling that Bella is still there with her is um I think perhaps also a kind of a, a comfort of something that's giving her an excuse to say shut-in because she wants to stay stay there with her sister. Did you have to do a lot of research for an isolated incident? Um Something I did was I read a lot, a lot, a lot of true crime writing. Um, that was partly because of the, uh, the other strand in the book that follows the journalist from Sydney, May, um, and I include some of her stories that she writes about the case in there. And I wanted to kind of really capture the voice of a certain kind of true crime reporting. So I read a lot of it, um, and some of it is just so unbelievably awful and some of it's really quite good so so i wanted to try and make sure i knew the difference and and examined uh the difference in you know the different directions in which that kind of reporting can go 
Um, so I certainly did that. But other than that, no, not a, not a lot of research. I mean, um, the characters are, are kind of people that I know and that I grew up with. Um, and 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 like I said, that you know, my main character of Chris, a, a lot of what um, I I feel her reactions to be with things that that really came quite naturally. Fiction's my first love. It's it's what I love to read and it's what I love to write. Um, I have found though that sometimes uh, there's things that that nonfiction just suits better. If I'm feeling particularly strident or ranty about something, I, I tend to go towards nonfiction where I can be upfront about that. But yeah, I I um I feel like I go through phases a little bit with that too. And and sometimes you know what's great is having a couple of different projects in different forms at the same time. I've never suffered from writer's block, and I think that might be why because. While I do get blocked on a particular project, I've always got something quite different going on that I can switch to and um, use that different part of my writing brain or, or a different angle on my creativity and, and work my way out of that and then get back to the to the original thing. Well, tell me a bit about your writing process. Are you a, a planner or do you just start writing? How does it work for you? Um, so, again, it's a little bit different depending on what I'm working on. Certainly with non-fiction projects, particularly longer ones, um, I'm very much a planner. Um, but having said that, often once I start researching or interviewing for those things that I'll have to let go of my plan a bit. It's, it's one of the fun things about particularly investigative journalism type writing that sometimes you think you're going to be writing one thing and once you start really talking to people, you realise that it's going to take a different direction. But but I definitely start with a strong plan. Uh, with fiction, yeah, not so much. I'm, um, I write quite slowly compared to how often I write like it, it takes a long time this this novel took um, almost four years and I'm I'm writing all the time so um, a lot of what I write gets deleted or ditched or put into another file because I find my my um, yeah the best technique for me is to just start writing around an idea or in this case a character and it might take me 10,000 20,000 words before I've actually figured out what this story is going to be and by then it might mean I have to delete most of those 10 or 20,000 words and kind of start again but when I've tried to do it differently and and start out with a plan I actually find that I get quite bored um because I really enjoy in writing fiction figuring out what's going to happen as I go along and, and having that suspense within myself as well. And, and I kind of kill that when I write a plan up front. Tell me, what was uh, university like for you? Um, well, I was late to university. I actually was – I had a really troubled time as a teenager, so I um, was a high school dropout. So I didn't get to university till I was in my early 20s. So I was a ma- mature-age student, um, but I still felt very, very young and like I didn't know what I was doing. Um, I felt – no one else put this on me, but I felt in myself the stigma of having been a high school dropout. I felt like I must have missed all this stuff that other people there would know, which as it turned out, once I buckled down to study, just wasn't true at all. Um, but I did go in there feeling really unprepared and, and stupid and, um, and it, yeah. it, it was wonderful. It was, it was one of the best experiences, um, of my life. I, um, I just felt so much open up for me. I, I studied English literature um, and that was before I'd started writing seriously and just having that kind of time and, you know, it felt like permission to really take books and writing seriously um, and that I think really cracked something open in me to to think about writing in that way too, that this was, this was something that was worth taking seriously and thinking about seriously um, and not some embarrassing little hobby that I had to hide from people. 
Emily, where to from here? Um, well, I've, I've started another novel and like I said, it takes me a really long time. So God knows when it will be finished, but it's entirely different. I felt when I finished this one, you know, you realize it's in a, an isolated incident is set in this small New South Wales country town. And so it's very necessarily kind of claustrophobic and quite dark. So the novel that I just started as soon as I finished this is historical, which I've never written before, and it's set up in far north Queensland and the Torres Strait, and it was just such a kind of psychic weight lifting off me. I put on the wall in front of me this huge map, of which is mostly just ocean and sea and a few little islands, and I just felt this huge opening up after being in this quite closed, claustrophobic world. So I'm having a lot of fun just being there at the moment, and, and yeah, it, it could take me years to work out what the story is. Appreciate your time, Emily. All the best. Thanks, Rob.